Well, hello, folks. I wish I could see you, but I can't. But uh, that's uh, just the way it is. In these days, when we're not allowed to gather together for church and such, we can't do that. And, but we'll get the word out some other way. And uh, just thank you for your interest in the Book of Revelation and for uh, giving me an uh, opportunity to bring this to you. And as we're going through the book of Revelation, we're taking it by sections, and that's the best thing to do. First of all, we took chapter 1 as the first section itself, as kind of an introduction as it shows us Jesus Christ, all things are about him. The next section we're in the, is the seven letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor, and we take out the, of course, take out the applications for ourselves. Then after this, the next section will be... Um, uh, chapters 4 and 5 together as a unit, a uh, very important unit because that's the one that just before the uh, um, tribulation starts in chapter 6. So we're getting down, we're going to get the church stuff here done first before we get to that. Tremendous, tremendous amount of things for us to look at and consider, but we're just doing a walkthrough, very simple, very easy walkthrough. You can take and spend uh, a lot of time on any verse, any section, even a phrase or words, but we're just trying to just kind of get through and get a, a basic outline, a basic what's taking place here, and get uh, a basic understanding of the book of Revelation. It's not really that hard to understand. There's a lot of things that you have to uh, pay attention to. Do some study and research yourself that give you um, verses to look up and such and when we get down to some of that other stuff the next few chapters coming up before 6 there's going to be some comparing back in the book of Daniel and other books and such so you make sure you have a pen and paper and write stuff down as we go through. We're going to look at Thyatira today and that's Revelation chapter 2 verses 18 to 29 Okay. So we'll go and have a look at this. Unto the angel of the church in Thyatira, write. So John's writing these things as the Lord tells him uh, to uh, write this down, the things that you see and the things that you hear, John. And the Spirit of God would superintend that so that John would write down the things that the Lord would have him to as we guided him in those things as well. So we say, uh, write down these, these things. These things saith the Son of God. Now every letter begins like that. So the Lord's just saying, this is from me, and then he gives him something about himself. The last one, he's the, the one that had the, uh, uh, the sharp sword, and he, had to, he was going to deal with them with the word of God. This, this one today, Thyatira says, these things saith the Son of God who has his eyes like unto a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass, saith the Son of God. What does that mean, Son of God? That means God the Son. That's what it means. When uh, the Lord Jesus declared himself to be the Son of God, the people at that time, the Pharisees and the Jews around about, understood that that was, uh, they thought it was blasphemy for no man that should say that. But this wasn't an ordinary man. Jesus is no ordinary man. Perfect 100% yet without sin. And he's the, he's the Lord God himself. There he is. God was manifest in the flesh. His eyes is a flame of fire. And think of the, the eyes of the Lord just piercing through into seeing into every heart. Now he sees what's going on in the church. There's nothing hidden from him. People sometimes think that things are hidden and just don't think about it perhaps. He sees everything. He knows everything. 
and his feet like unto fine brass. Again, we talked about it earlier, but brass in the scriptures speaks of uh, judgment. It can speak of judgment. The altar for the tabernacle in the wilderness or for the temple was made out of brass, fine brass. It withstand the flames and, the, and it was a judgment thing. So we see him walking in the midst of the churches and he's addressing this particular one. And again, he starts out with commendations. He says, I know this thing you're doing, this good and this good and this good. And five out of the seven, he tells them something that he's not happy with and for them to repent of it. Only two of the churches don't have anything to repent of or are not told. He says, I know thy works in uh, verse 19. I know thy works in charity, it says in my Bible here. That word charity is that word love. Uh, today that word love can mean all kinds of things. Again, But we have, uh, if you can see that Bible verse behind me, for God so loved the world. And the, uh, uh, the New Testament was written primarily in Greek or given in the Greek language. The Spirit of God gave it to us in that. That's that word agape. And that means a self-sacrificing love. It means that you would just do anything. There's a need and you just go ahead and you'll fulfill that need. God saw that there was a need for mankind because sin was widespread. Every, every person that's born is born into sin because of Adam and Eve's sin back in the Garden of Eden in Genesis. God sees that, saw that, and he provided a way out of it for us through Jesus Christ, his son, through his death, burial, and resurrection, and faith in him. That's the love of God. That's a sacrificial love. God took on human form so that he could die as a sacrifice, as a substitute. Because that's what sin, that's what it took to pay for sin, a death and blood must be shed. That's what it is, an awful mess, but that's what it is. I know thy works and thy love and thy service. They had service, they're doing things for the Lord and faith, he mentions they had faith. These are good things. Starts out, this sounds like a pretty good church when you get until you get down to the bad stuff. Some of the churches that we have are pretty good churches, but maybe there's some things inside. What do you suppose the Lord would say to us, to any one of us, if he came along to our churches or to us as individuals? Is there anything that he would find? Have you got something that's hidden? Uh, sins that are hidden to mankind, not hidden to the Lord. He understands and knows all those things. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Anybody can have their sins forgiven if they would trust in Jesus Christ. Okay, I know thy works, thy, thy love, thy service, thy faith, thy patience. And then he mentions thy works again. You see that there in verse 19? He says that again. Two times he mentions works. And he says that the last is more than the first. Not sure what that means. Perhaps as time went on, they had more and more works. Not sure. But well, that's that's pretty good things, and it's pretty good common uh, commendations there, isn't it? So it seems like a good church. Uh, they have lots of works and they have patience and faith and all the all the right things. Verse twenty, notwithstanding, in other words, but I have a few things against thee. Verse 20, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman. That word sufferest means just simply to allow. 
because you allow that woman Jezebel, and this isn't Jezebel from back with Ahab, Ahab and Jezebel, but the idea is still there. It was this woman that was stepping up and taking, uh, uh, taking a, a, a place and part of something that was not for her, for her to do, especially the way she did it. The same as Jezebel did with Ahab, uh, kind of ruled over him and kind of told him he was kind of weak and she told him how to do this and that and everything. Not, not a good situation. He says, I have a few things against you. You allow Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. Do you see that? Does it say that right there? Because uh, suffers that woman which calls herself. I mean, God's not calling her a prophet, a prophetess. Nobody else is calling her a prophetess. She took this upon herself, took this position, took this title. And look at what's come out of it. Now I'm going to talk about some things here. It's very difficult today to talk about because nobody wants to hear it. I'm going to tell you what God says about some things. I'm the messenger. This is part of my job is to say this is what the Bible says. And you do what you like with You take it up with him. If you don't like it, then maybe you need to get straightened out. At one time, my pastor uh, brought a message and it was when we were young in the faith and the... Uh, and it was, it was one of those, look out, pull your feet under the chair because he's stomping on toes. And one lady at the door, and as they're all going out that morning, she says, you know, your, your message just rubbed me the wrong way. And he says, well, ma'am, the cat's got to turn around then, doesn't it? Yeah, you turn around and you won't be rubbed the wrong way. And uh, some of these things we have to see that uh, get turned around. Anyway, let's have a look here. So you have this woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication and to each things sacrificed unto idols. First of all, she's teaching. She's been allowed to take up a position. We don't know if it was the pulpit or in uh, some other time or whatever, but she was allowed to teach. Now I want to read a couple verses to you from the New Testament. First of all, you can write down um, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11. No, I'm sorry. Where am I? Did I say 1 Timothy? Yeah, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 to 15. It says, Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. This means when you gather together in the church, okay? It doesn't mean they have to be silent everywhere. It's, he's talking about in the assembly. You say, Well, I don't like this. Well, you take it up with the Lord then. I'm sorry. Uh, let the women learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer, that means to allow, but I suffer not. I don't allow a woman to teach or to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. 1 Timothy chapter 2, 11 to 15. Turn to it uh, uh, after we're done this and, and read it and, and look at it. It's, it's what goes on in the church and what shouldn't go on. Another verse is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 34 and 35 says this. That's 1 Corinthians 14, verses 34 and 35. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, 
for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. They're not to be interrupting and, and, uh, and steering and guiding the conversation or, or uh, asking the questions and such and things like that. There's a proper order to things. And people would say, well, that sure is old time stuff. Yeah, it is. That's Bible stuff. And it's still what the, what the Bible says for today for the churches. Now, you're not going to find that very, very much today. You're not going to find it. But uh, the roles, men were to lead. And uh, it's not a popular thing today to say those things. But I'll tell you what, neither is the Bible very popular today. And neither is righteousness very popular today. This is what God says, my friend. God says this. What are you going to do with that? That's what he says. So you see there's a problem there in uh, Thyatira with Jezebel is allowed to come up and teach the people. And what did she teach them? First of all, she shouldn't have been there allowing, the, allowing that to take place. To seduce my servants. Now that word seduce there, we think of that meaning the immoral uh, 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 thing. That word that the Spirit of God gave that where we get that word seduce from means to cause to wander. It's not necessarily about immoral things, but it was an immoral thing taking place here. It means to cause that person to wander. Wander from what? Away from the proper path, away from the scriptures, away from God. It means to lead astray. Now this word, uh, this Greek word, is where we get our English word, planet. And we have the planets out there. And what do the planets do? They just kind of wander around. They've got a course that they take, but they're out there kind of wandering. This idea of the planets just moving around. They're not, not, not fixed in one place. So she was doing that, was seducing the people, causing them to wander, to commit fornication. Immorality is the normal thing today. I mean, every TV show and movie and such, they have all that stuff because that's what sells things, isn't it? That's a sin, gross, gross sin before God. Psalm 51, read it sometime. David, and, and when Nathan the prophet went to David to uh, correct him about his immoral and his adulterous relationship with Bathsheba, and uh, after David got right with the Lord, he, he said in one of the verses there, I think it's verse 4, I'm not sure, says, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. And all sin is against God. It's a personal thing. And the same thing was said to Pergamos. Uh, Pergamos was told not to eat things offered to idols. And here we have the same thing in verse 20 here for Thyatira. Now, a couple verses come up to mind in regards to this. And you read 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 4 to 13. It talks about things offered to idols and the meat offered to idols. It's just meat, sure. But one of the things there in Corinthians, he says, this liberty that you have, and people say, well, I can do whatever I want. I can do that. I can dress how I want. I can go where I want. He says, this liberty of yours it could cause a problem for somebody else. Check it out. The Apostle Paul says, if eating meat causes my brother to stumble, I won't eat anymore ever. Okay? Check it out. 1 Corinthians 8, 4 to 13. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Daniel and his friends were taken captive by and all of Jerusalem, uh, the whole area, uh, by Nebuchadnezzar back about 600 A.D. kind of thing. And they're over in Babylon now, and they're feeding them, going to feed them with the, uh, the, the meat and stuff that the king ate as they were 
training these young men up to serve in the court of the King Nebuchadnezzar. And these are pagans, and all their food is offered up to idols first. And Daniel says, he, it says that he purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. Okay. Check it out, Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Some people say, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, how come it's condemned here? And it is condemned. Some say it's okay, but it is condemned. It is not okay. 1 Corinthians 8, you could cause somebody to stumble. Um, you could cause uh, um, someone to go astray. They don't understand. Some uh, say some person is young in the faith or whatever. And it says when you do that, you sin against Christ. And you, you go read that in Corinthians. So he tells them these things. I have these few things against you. You've, you've allowed Jezebel in the church. And Jezebel's teaching that it's okay to... Uh, commit fornication. Okay to commit fornication. Well, I'll tell you, I guess in today, I wouldn't be surprised if some churches around about they actually would say that. The other thing is, you know, um, people got to be careful how they dress too, you know. The, the way uh, people dress sometimes is pretty scantily clad and stuff like that. You know, the women dress like that, the men will be looking and cause somebody to commit adultery in their heart. In a church service, this, this is bad stuff, folks. And Jesus says, I'm, I'll, you fix this or I'm coming, I'll, I'll deal with it, he says. So he says, verse 21, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication. I gave her space to repent of her fornication uh, and she repented not. Could you imagine? But the Lord gives a time and place he gives you that uh, space to repent. He says, Behold, I'll cast her into a bed with them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. Now, that word bed right there, the word that the Spirit of God gave for John to write down there in the Greek language uh, means uh, not a bed as we think a bed, but it's a bed of sickness. It means literally to afflict with a disease. He says, if you don't get it straightened out, I'm going to cause a disease to come upon you. And all them that practice that which you're teaching, Jezebel. It's pretty serious stuff, isn't it? But he goes on to show how serious this is. This shouldn't be allowed in the church. It shouldn't be in anybody's life. But it's our world, isn't it? That, we live in Sodom and Gomorrah right now. Our roundabout is it's absolute filth. How does God put up with it? Well, he's giving space to repent right now. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And verse 23, now that wasn't bad enough. I'm going to cause them to be afflicted with a disease. He says, and I'm going to kill their children with death, or her children are going to be killed with death. Wow. Serious stuff. And he says, Why? that all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and the hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. This is written down for us. I wonder what happened to them back in those days. These are actual people that are being written about here. Jezebel's an actual person way back then. And uh, the Lord said, here, you get this fixed or, or this is what's going to happen. You're going to be afflicted with disease and your children are going to die. Because I want all the churches to know that this is serious stuff. 
that we can't allow this. He says, I will not, that all the church will know that I am He who searches the hearts and gives according to your works. There's what we call the principle of sowing and reaping. Give according to your works. You do bad things, you're going you're gonna to have a harvest of bad things. Every one of us is right now, today, and always sowing seeds of something. Good things, bad things. Down the road, what you're doing, how you're living, is going to bring a harvest, and you're going to reap that harvest down the road. The principle of sowing and reaping. In verse 24, he says, Not all, uh, but, unto you, but unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine. So it's not all of them that were following this. Not all the people were following what this woman was doing. They were against it. He said, uh, all, not all have this doctrine, and, and all have not known the depths of Satan. You'll find that where there's demonic and satanic activity, you'll always find immorality. The depths of Satan as they speak, and I will put upon you none other burden, but that which you already hold fast till I come. That which you have, hold fast. Hang on to what you have. Keep on the straight path, folks. And he that overcomes, again he says that, and you're a victor over these things, as some of the others in, in Thyatira were a victor. They just weren't going to go down that road. He says, uh, if they that keep my words, they will reign with me. He says, I'll give them the morning star. Revelation 22:16 says, I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. He that has an ear, let him hear what the, what the Holy Spirit saith unto the churches. Are you hearing? Can you hear what God is saying unto the churches back then and to the churches today? The church is the people, the believers. Can you hear what he's saying? Take these things and read through these things. Uh, think about these things. There we have uh, uh, Thyatira. Again, thank you for your, uh, your attention um, and the opportunity to just bring a few things here uh, before you. We have uh, one, two, three more churches to deal with. Then we get into chapter chapters uh, four and five as a unit together. Please be reading these. Uh, read through Sardis and Philadelphia and Laodicea and uh, look at the things that are going on there. Familiarize yourself with these things, with things that are written down, even before we get to bring the, the, the broadcast to you. But thank you very much. The Lord bless you. I hope you have a good day. And look to the Lord always for all things, always at all times. Look to Jesus. If you're not saved, turn to him, trust in him with all your heart, and you'll be saved. And for the Christian, keep on that straight and narrow path. That's the best way. It's the best thing. Lord bless you. See you next time. Thank you.